Speaking of Lucas Oil, this guy who's partnered with Lucas Oil with the McLaren team in the IndyCar Series, he won the second race at Texas Motor Speedway last weekend. Pato Award or Patricio Award joining us here in the Freak Nation. And Patricio, your birthday is May 6th, a day after Cinco de Mayo. Why couldn't your mom pump you out a day earlier on Cinco de Mayo? What's up with that? Honestly, I've never really had the chance to like properly celebrate Cinco de Mayo because I'm always either racing or, or doing something. Um, but this year, I actually got to celebrate Cinco de Mayo at, by the Speedway. <laughs> and answer to your question, this year is when I realized that my birthday is one day later after a pretty cool celebration. <laughs> <laughs> well... Kenny and I have a daughter, and she was born on New Year's Day. And I was trying to think earlier this week, what is what was worse, me being in the hospital on New Year's Eve and not being able to celebrate that, or Patricio's mom being in the hospital on Cinco de Mayo and not being able to celebrate that? It's tough, man. <laughs> the mom struggle. <laughs> exactly. I mean, what we do for you kids, right? <laughs> no, but this, this year, though, like you said, it's probably probably the first time you've really been able to celebrate Cinco de Mayo and your birthday because of your work life being so tough and, and so strict on what whether it's diets or workouts. But yeah, now you finally got to celebrate. Which one do you celebrate more though? Because you want to go all out for Cinco de Mayo, but then you got to remember, I got I to gotta pace myself because my birthday's the next day. <laughs> Man, honestly, this year... Um... And usually every, I mean, it's just for my birthday. I mean, my family knows I'm, I'm not much of a partier. I just, I like, like good food and spend time with people that I love. Um, but man, we went pretty hard for Cinco, Cinco de Mayo. It was a pretty cool event. So I got to say there was more celebration there. Whoa. How much of it though was also a carryover from your Texas win? I mean, this whole week should be a cel- should have been a celebration for you. It's been nonstop. It's been uh, it's been truly nonstop, but it's it's uh, it's been worth it. Uh, it's been really cool, and um, all the cool celebrations came after the win, so it, it all kind of like just fit in together <laughs> and gave you an excuse <laughs> to actually want to celebrate. You know, Pato Award won the second IndyCar race at Texas last week. Pato, where are you on this issue of ovals? Do you like them? Do you hate them? Or is it the next thing on the schedule and that's what I got to do because I'm a driver? I'm a fan. Um, I feel like I'm still learning through the super speedway kind of process. Uh, It's very different. Um, The mentality that you have to approach it with is very different to a road course. And road course is just something that I, I just know more of. But man, I've I've really grown to to like it. Um, it's it's very different. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't like the TV and the videos don't really make, do it justice until you get to talk to a driver, or someone that has actually tried it out before, and then they really understand how much balls it actually takes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but man, it's really cool. I mean, it's just it's very different and. I just think that's what what makes the IndyCar series so special is that you have to be good in every single type of 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 racetrack in order to either one win a championship or to just be outright competitive day in day out in, in anywhere you go. 
Exactly. Why do you think then there is, I mean, I know there's the danger element of it, but guess what? Motorsports is dangerous anyway in all aspects. So why do you think there's such a stigma with racing ovals in IndyCar for some of the outsiders looking in? And and like, for instance, this year, we're looking at Romain Grosjean or also Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, I think the the thing in especially super speedways is that um, fortunately, the tracks that we go to this year are very safe, and I think they are as safe as that can be right now. Um, I feel like in the years past, there's been there's been tracks where they're just they're not up to standards, and you see the consequences because the speeds are just so fast. I mean, just imagine going 225 plus miles an hour, and if you spin or if something goes wrong, you don't really slow down much. So imagine just going 225 miles an hour into a wall. You definitely feel it. And it's not very pleasant. (laughs) But I think that the thing here is just the speeds are ridiculous. And that's what makes the super speedways, in a way, the most dangerous, I guess. Pato Award is the IndyCar winner in Texas, and you're talking about a safe track. That seems hard to fathom, Pato, when you're going 220-plus on a racetrack, how that could be safe. Are there some tracks, actually, that are safer than others at that speed? Uh, so, lots of things. For example, the cars, man, the IndyCars are bulletproof. I mean, they, they're they very, very strong, and they they just keep getting stronger and stronger uh, with all the upgrades that they have given them throughout the years, um, with intrusion panels within the monocoque. Um, obviously, that comes with weight, so that's been a, a hard balance to find. Uh, the new aero screen with the halo, uh, you know, in case a car goes upside down, or in case a, a you know a foreign object wants to come into into where the driver's helmet is, like you know, without that, it smacks you in the face, and you'll probably might not make it out because you're just going so fast. Um, but what I meant about safe is that you see some of the upgrades going into the super speedways like IMS, uh, Texas. One thing being the safer barrier which is basically an extension to the wall that is a little bit softer. Obviously, if you go up to and try and push it, it ain't going to move because it's, it, it's made for, for very high-speed impacts. Um, but it actually creates like a compression in case of a, of a car hitting the wall uh, to absorb as much energy as it can to keep us in their safety. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, we're kind of like in a survival cell, uh, kind of like a fighter jet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when things go wrong, you need that to to absorb impact as best as it can without actually having to to transfer the impact or the energy of the impact onto you. Because there's only so much the human body can take. But, and you're exactly right, there is only so much the human body can take, but in all forms of motorsport, what you just described there and how safe the cars have become and how many, most of the tracks have made the upgrades to keep you guys safe if in case of impact, I mean, you just described it in a way that's like, yeah, this is, I mean, danger's going to exist in the sport. 
road courses, street circuits, super speedways. You just described it in a sense that no, super speedways aren't any more dangerous than anything else. To me, it just it just really spoke volumes right there of IndyCar engineers and track engineers because you guys are going to be okay. Yeah, they, I mean, they've done a fantastic job. I think where where things might get out of hand is whenever it's together with another uh, car. Uh. Um, because there's the the saying that cars aren't meant to fly, and and there's so much truth to that. Whenever they start flying, is when things really go sideways because the cars aren't designed to fly. I mean, they're designed to stay on the ground. And I feel like all the you know the the big accidents have been when when two cars come together and there's something very unnormal happening, which. I mean, it's just so hard to to try and simulate whenever you're creating a car. You can't just create a a certain scenario of of how exactly it's going to go down. But I think they've done such a great job. Um, and I think Mario said it once, and he said, "We are safer in the race car than going 85 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour on the highway at your, you know, with your normal car." And I think there is a lot of truth to that. I, I, I feel a lot safer in the race car, even if you you know go through an impact, rather than imagine having an impact at 70 miles an hour in a normal road car. Um, so, yeah. No, that's a good comparison. Patricio Award, Texas winner, joining us here in the Freak Nation. And speaking of safety, I mean, we saw it. We saw all the safety components on display the first lap of Texas and Connor Daly walking away. So yeah, you've got some really good points there, but we are moving on to Indianapolis. Now it with everything with the coronavirus, the pandemic, you guys kind of got ripped off with Indianapolis last year. There will be fans this year, but still the whole experience of Indy in the month of May is just not quite there. How are you approaching this month? Do, do you feel like you've been ripped off because of the pandemic? Or are you just like, it's another race. Um, I'm excited to have some, you know, a, a, a 500 more normal, I guess we can say. I mean, it's just, it's last year, it really felt like a ghost town. I mean, it just felt really like a test more than an actual race. Oh, wow. Until we're actually in the car, then it feels like a race. But um, I just, I'm, I'm happy to have people back at the racetrack. And at the end of the day, I tell everybody like we are in entertainment. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, not having people go to the circus, like who are the clowns going to be performing for? So I think it's, it's great that we're going to have people back. Um, hopefully next year where you can be back at a hundred percent, uh, would have been really cool to have a hundred percent this year, but unfortunately it's just not not possible with, with, you know, the pandemic still kind of going on. Um, but I think IndyCar and everybody has, has done a great job in, in trying to find the best ways to have as many people as we can at the races and not just the 500, but, you know, at the GP and, and so forth. So, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to have people back. Who is the biggest clown in IndyCar? (laughs) The biggest clown. Um, Probably the most, like, the most, um, not adventurous, but the most achieved clown, probably Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> and he can be a clown sometimes. He, he can. He's... What a great guy. Yes. I'm, I'm, 
I'm low-key a huge Scott Dixon fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Why? Why? Is it watching him from afar for many years or, or getting to know him now? Just everything. He's such a nice person. I mean, he's such a great human being. I mean, he's a great race car driver. He's got a great family. Um, he's the only driver that came up. Well, I remember this like it was yesterday. I was in Sonoma for my first IndyCar race. And obviously I'm, I'm like super overwhelmed and it's after practice one, I'm going to the driver way in. I didn't know what I was doing. And he's the only driver that comes up to me and he's like, Hey man, welcome to the series. I was like, Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> well, he is a, a, a loyal freak nation member. He's been coming in here for the last 15 plus years. 20 years. Has he been here from the get-go? Oh yeah, from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, next time you see him, please just say, you spoke to Speed Freaks and we talked biscuits. Oh boy. Yeah, just okay. say biscuits. We don't, it, it's a politically correct world right now. We don't need to go into biscuits and the, and the meaning of, just say or we talked about biscuits. Biscuits and gravy. There you go. Yeah, just biscuits yeah. and gravy. Hey, uh, last thing for you. You went to military school in San Antonio when I was a young man, military school was school was a bitch. Uh, what did you think of mil military school in San Antonio? I was actually a civilian. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> want to be in the Corps. Um, but it was very strict. It was not the easiest of schools to be in when I was missing like 58, 60 days of school during the year. <laughs> oh. oh, true. But what did it do for you? I mean... Granted, okay, so you didn't have the greatest attendance, but you were working. But what did it do for you otherwise? Um, I just think it gave me a great education. Um, I bumped heads a lot because I don't like getting told what to do. Yep. So it was very, uh, I mean, I just like to have fun. People that know me know that I like to have fun. Like when it's time to work, I will get down and I will do the work. But like there's no point in not enjoying what you're doing or not enjoying where you are. And I guess some of the people just didn't like it because I was being a clown. <laughs> <laughs> so I would bump heads with the administration a lot. So but, you're basically the walking example or the driving example of work hard, play hard. Well, yeah, because you have to love what you're doing. Whenever you stop enjoying it is when you should jump out of the car because well, then why are you doing it? Just like any job, I mean, not just in racing, but, you know, in, in, in any athlete sport or even uh, any desk job as well. Like if you're loving what you're doing, then then it's fantastic. But when you're not, it's like, then why are you doing it? The whole point of doing something is to enjoy it. At least that's how I live. <laughs> well, I think the, the sentiment out there is, is that you're going to win more races and hopefully win more races this year. And and hopefully we'll be able to work out getting you back in here after those races on a Sunday afternoon or yeah, Sunday afternoon. Can we, can we work on that Pato? Yeah, we can work on that. Yeah. Oh, we want you in here a lot. You are fun. Okay. Can you say monocoque one more time? <laughs> uh, monocoque. Yeah, boy. You like that instead of cockpit? Yep. Monocoque. That's the formula one version of it. There Kenny, just FYI. Pato, <laughs> thanks for doing this, buddy. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you guys. See ya.